Welcome back to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. It's been a while since we've done an episode, uh, about a week. We took the uh, last week off for Thanksgiving holiday, but we're back with another episode of Monday Mayhem. Sam, how was your Thanksgiving holiday? I know the games on Thanksgiving were not that great, but uh, how was your Thanksgiving holiday this year? I mean, it's solid, normal, same old, same old Thanksgiving um, food, Thanksgiving football. I mean, it's it's everything you want on Thanksgiving, not more, not less. I, I thought it was super well. Yeah, uh, I have to agree. We had you know the same uh, same food, but we weren't we didn't gather as a family like we normally do. Um, so that was you know that was kind of uh, disappointing. But uh, you know you got to do what you got to do, and uh, we feel like we were being. Uh, safe in the process of doing that so uh, but nevertheless we're through Thanksgiving we're on a Christmas Sam we're about uh, 20 26 days away from Christmas it's kind of crazy and we're almost at the end of 2020 but that means that the NFL season Sam I I just shocked when I look at this and and on our little prep sheet it says NFL week 12 I mean we are already through 12 weeks in the NFL it seems like just yesterday we were talking about getting started and would this NFL season run without any interruptions but here we are 12 weeks later, and for the most part, everything has went according to plan. Yes, there's been some Tuesday night games. There's been some doubleheader Monday night football, um, and obviously the cancellation on Thanksgiving. But overall, for the most part, the NFL has made it through the season fairly well. Yeah, they haven't had any games really canceled. They've had games postponed and moved back and switched around and all that. But for the most part, like Adam Schefter, I think, tweeted, there has been no games that have had to be canceled postponed yes but cancellations no so I I wasn't surprising that I I wasn't expecting that coming into the season with Roger Goodell and how bad we we all can agree he is I'm I I gotta give a shout out to the job the NFL has done the NFLPA has done and we we were in week 12 and we're just cruising right along yeah um, that that's for sure. We're, we're cruising the other side of the football landscape, the college football world. That's where we'll start today. They haven't had so much luck in, in terms of uh, coronavirus and canceling and, and postponing games and whatnot. We've had a, a handful of Big Ten games. I think we've had, you know, at least one cancellation a week or, or close to that in terms of teams not being able to play. One of the teams really big here, Sam, Ohio State, they didn't play this weekend against Illinois. It's looking like they could cancel their game this week because they can't get their COVID-19 situation under control. If that would happen, they're going to be ineligible for the Big Ten Championship game, and it's in the hands of the Indiana Hoosiers to uh, continue to win like they have been and, and get to that Big Ten title game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's super crazy to think that Ohio State, even as good as they would be or even as they are, wouldn't be in the Big Ten Championship, but it's looking like the case. I, I, I – even if I, even if Ohio State is declared ineligible, I think this Big Ten championship game is still going to be incredible. Watch, you potentially got IU versus Northwestern going on it. Like we mentioned before, the Ramsey versus well, now that Penix has been ruled out for the season, it'll be the the Peyton Ramsey versus De- Jack Tuttle show moving forward. So I think I think the Big Ten championship, even though it'll lack the element of Ohio State, will still be super fun to watch. Yeah, it will be. Um, Ohio State scheduled to go to Michigan State this weekend, and uh, we'll continue to follow that to see if they do, in fact, play this weekend. We'd love for them to play, but also if you're an IU fan, you're kind of hoping they don't play. 
um, and potentially get to the, to the Big Ten championship game. Speaking of IU, you hinted to it a little bit. Michael Penix uh, is out for the year. They're currently sitting at 5-1, and one, uh, second place in the Big Ten East. Um, Northwestern, despite the loss to Michigan State, they are still uh, first in the West at 5-1. and one. Uh, Iowa, the only other team there up top at 4-2 and two, uh, that could be problematic for Northwestern. The, uh, the standings, though, Sam, let's talk about IU for a minute. Michael Penix Jr. goes out. That leaves you with Jack Tuttle. How do you feel about this IU team now with the removal of him and how great he has been for this team this year? I, I think I think they'll do just fine. I'm not going to say he's going to do amazing like we talked before. And I think he's going to meet expectations, and I think he's going to be a serviceable backup. With with the kind of superior defense that they have, I think they can just do just fine. I think it all has to do with which Wisconsin team shows up because before their COVID outbreak, they were looking really good, 49-11 to 11 against Michigan. 45 to 7 against Illinois. Graham Mertz just looking phenomenal. They go down with COVID. They cancel like three or four games. They show up against Northwestern and he just throws a dud. I, I'm still a big fan of Graham Mertz. It, I'm just curious to see if he can play well against this defense, considering the fact that he he was dealing with the COVID for three weeks and this is his only second week back. Yeah. Uh it'll be an interesting game, I think. I, I think Jack Tuttle, though, will be a nice a player. I think uh, the big part was we saw on Saturday that the offense didn't really change that much when he came in. It was they pretty much ran the same stuff. So uh, I think we're going to see big things out of Jack Tuttle. He was a four star coming out of high school. I think he's going to be really good uh, for IU here. Maybe, and I I think that also last this past game what wasn't much of a challenge. Michael Penix was struggling even before the injury. It didn't look like that offense was going, and Jack Toll did a nice job of at least somewhat moving the offense. But I think this is another story when you've got a team of Wisconsin's caliber who has looked really tough at times like the beginning of the season. So I think Jack Toll will do a, a nice job of relatively keeping – the same offense within the system, but I think there's going to be a few adjustments need to be had because I think this Wisconsin team will be ready for Jack Tuttle come Saturday. They will be, but will also be ready uh, for Wisconsin is the IU defense. I think that they aren't getting enough credit for this season because the offense is so flashy and that happens sometimes uh, where, where your offense is so good, your defense gets overlooked. The defense has been playing phenomenal. You hold Maryland to 11 points, uh, this week, and then Ohio State is the game I really look at for the for the defense. They're down twenty eight to seven at half, uh, and and IU holds Ohio State scoreless in the fourth quarter, and they only scored two touchdowns in the third quarter. Um, and you know you you allow half as many points as you did in the first half. I think this IU defense is very very good, and if they need to rely on them to to win some games, I think they can certainly do that. I think I think to to your point, they definitely can. They limited Maryland to eleven. They had that shutout against uh, Michigan State, and besides the struggles against Ohio State, which every team has had this season, they've been they've been performing out outstanding. I thought I thought Talia could have had had a few touchdowns if it wasn't for a bad throw, like he had an open guy in the corner end zone that he just completely overshot, and then there's a pick that he had that also could have been a touchdown if. He had done a decent job of throwing the ball. But, yeah, I use defense has stepped up when they needed to. They're going to, again, have to do that against Graham Mertz, who I think is solid coming back from his COVID 
um, situation and whatnot. So I think it will be a fun game either way. But, yeah, as you mentioned, I think IU's defense is going to need to step up. Let's start college football playoff here for a minute, Sam, because this weekend made a lot of different scenarios a lot more interesting. Oregon State beats Oregon. That essentially eliminates Oregon from college football playoff hopes. I don't think, uh, you know, even with one loss, I don't think Oregon can get in. I think uh, that, that the ACC, Big Ten, and SEC, the teams coming out of there, significantly better than Oregon is this season. Now, I've kind of got it outlined here. I think the Big Ten champion is going in. I think the SEC champion obviously going in, and the ACC champion will go in. But there's a fourth spot, Sam, and it's open. Are you going to pull – are you going to have two teams for the SEC, two teams for the ACC, two teams for the Big Ten? Who are you going to have in that fourth spot? Is it going to be a Cincinnati? Is it going to be a BYU? There's so many different options. But as it stands right now, Sam, what are your thoughts on who gets in uh, those are, I think the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC champ are for sure in, you know, it happens pretty much every year, unless, um, you know, something disastrous would, would happen here at the end of the season with Clemson and Notre Dame. Don't think that's going to happen. But what are your thoughts on who gets in that fourth spot uh, for the college football playoff? Yeah, so right now, I, I think barring Florida beating Alabama, which could, could potentially happen, I think it's Alabama – Notre Dame, Ohio State, or Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. I don't think you put in a four or five win team in there. So I, I think Ohio State, even as good as they are, I don't think they get in. So I think it comes down to Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati. And when you look at Texas A&M, they already have that lost Alabama and can't reach the SEC championship game. So they're out of it. Florida, I think, is going to lose to Alabama. So I don't think they'll get in. I think it has to be Cincinnati at the end of the day. I get the case for Indiana if they were to reach the national championship and win out because of the Big Ten championship or whatever and the teams above them. But Cincinnati also has a conference championship. I think they put a, a, a nice strength of schedule together. BYU basically eliminated itself because the college football committee put them at like 14th in their first ranking, so I don't think they get in. So I think it comes down to Cincinnati and – uh, Florida, if they can win, but I don't think Florida can do that. So I think I'm writing Cincinnati getting in the last spot. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different scenarios. If Florida is somehow able to beat Alabama, I think they both get in. I think you have you have to put Florida in because they're the SEC champion, and then I think you put Alabama in. That solves your problem. You're going Florida or Alabama, Florida, Clemson, Notre Dame. I think is how you're doing it, uh, and, and maybe maybe Ohio State in there, depending on what happens in the, in the ACC championship game. Will the committee look at Ohio State? If Ohio State only plays one more game, they can't get in the Big Ten champion. They're still undefeated, though. They get in. I think there's so many different scenarios. If if Florida, it, it really comes out of the ACC or the SEC SEC championship game. Florida beats Alabama. They're in. Alabama's in. And then whoever wins the ACC. Now this is where it gets interesting. Clemson beats Notre Dame. Does Clemson get in? Notre Dame go out. Do they both go in? Do you leave the Big Ten out? I think there's so many different scenarios. Here's what, here's what I look at when I look at Clemson Notre Dame and the potential ACC championship matchup. If Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers come in and demolish Notre Dame 55-14, to 14, I think Clemson is in, Notre Dame out. If it is a close game, you know, if Clemson wins 35-28 to 28 or, or 35-30, something like that, I think they both get in. But I think what the committee will look at is they'll, they'll look at Clemson 
And if they, they blow out Notre Dame in the ACC championship game, they'll say, look, if Trevor Lawrence would have played in South Bend uh, earlier in the year, it would have been a blowout. It wouldn't have been close. Let's put Clemson and leave Notre Dame out. That's my opinion. I think if Clemson goes in, steamrolls Notre Dame, they get in, Notre Dame out. Notre Dame keeps it close or wins. Notre Dame in. I think you got to pull Clemson out if they lose twice to Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I think you do too, but I don't think they will. As good as Notre Dame has been, we saw this past week how good this Clemson team just rallies around Trevor Lawrence. It's not just on the offensive side of the ball. You saw without Trevor Lawrence how the defense just crumbled. And you may say, how does a quarterback impact the way the defense plays? Well, you saw a 28, they allowed 28 points to Boston College, let 47 points to Notre Dame. Yet when Trevor Lawrence is back, 17 points against uh, Pittsburgh. So I think you'll see a completely different Clemson team. Trevor Lawrence just makes this team rally around him, not only on the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. It's going to be interesting to watch. I'm not sure how the committee is exactly going to figure out with Ohio State only having five games and um, if, Alabama, if Florida beats Alabama and Clemson or Notre Dame win each other, it's we still got a lot of football left. It's going to be interesting to see. We do, and uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to follow. Uh, I don't think Cincinnati's getting in. Uh, even if they do win out, I think you're going to put the Big Ten champion in, whether it be Northwestern or whether it be IU. You're going to put one of them in, or Ohio State even, uh, over Cincinnati. Um, if it comes down, if Ohio State gets out of the Big Ten championship game, IU Northwestern are in. I think you put that champion in over Cincinnati. They're a group of five team. We've seen how a group of five schools do against big teams, i.e. UCF in that bowl game a couple of years ago, and they absolutely got steamrolled. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's so many different scenarios. We'll continue to follow it, but uh, it's going to be interesting here as we uh, get on the final weeks of the college football season. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you, you've got so much parity involved. You've got so much different scenarios involved. It's going to be interesting to watch this Coastal Carolina have a, a chance since they're 9-0 to potentially sneak in. We don't know. We're just going to have to, we're just going to, have to wait and find out. It's going to be a wait and see all season long. So uh, it's going to be fun, fun to watch, fun to see. Uh, let's switch it over to the NFL, though, Sam. No Thursday night football this week. Um, that is because the NFL normally would be playing on Saturday this time of year because, well, the college football season would be over. The uh, ch the championship games would be this weekend. So, yeah, that's not right. College football season would not be over yet. They This would normally be the last weekend. Then the NFL would go to Saturday games after that. But there's no Thursday night football this week, which I kind of find weird. That is because the Ravens were supposed to play the Cowboys, I believe, and that game has been uh, postponed because, well, the Ravens can't get their locker room under control, and so that they will now play um, the Steelers on Tuesday, the Cowboys next Monday, and so there won't be any Thursday night football this week. Kind of sad to see, but uh, we'll, we'll live with Tuesday night football instead, Sam. I want to start with the Colts. Um, they lose to the Titans, big-time loss to the Titans. Um, it, it's big for, for playoff implications, and uh, I, I think, you know, this was a big loss for the Colts, 45-26. to 26. The defense, yes, they were depleted because of uh, COVID lists and whatnot, but uh, the, Derrick Henry just had a day for the Titans. 
Colts couldn't keep them under control. Titans moved to first in the AFC South. Colts fall to seventh in the final wild card spot. What are your thoughts on the Colts this weekend? I know you were there in Lucas Oil Stadium, but what are your thoughts on uh, the Colts and, and how they performed this weekend? I mean, I, I I think it was just a bad game all right. And it wasn't just due to the fact that we had uh, injuries out, like you mentioned, COVID list of Force Buckner wasn't there to just like they just ran all over us as a result. But even the offense, we were down by it was like twenty something to the third quarter and we had no sense of urgency about we just punted to the Titans and it just seemed like we gave up after halftime. And it not only worried me that we gave up 200 yards to Derrick Henry and one nine, three touchdowns in the first half, but even in the second half, Bill Rivers just didn't have a, a persona of we're, we're going to get this win. They basically gave up a halftime is what the sense I got. The defense thought through, only allowed three points in the second half, but the offense, we had a really good shot of winning that game if we did any source of production in the third quarter. But we just gave up, pushed it to the fourth quarter. I think we had a couple more touchdowns after that. But it was it was just an all-around bad performance. I'm glad the second half we could make adjustments, kind of limit Derrick Henry more than he clearly had in the first half. But, yeah, it was, it was just a bad game all around. Overall bad game, uh, like you said. Can't afford to have those this time of year, though. You really can't. Uh, you, you beat Tennessee in Tennessee. The Titans come up here and uh, do the same to you like you did to them. It's going to be tough now for the Colts. They're going to have to, to get on their, their winning horse here and, and start winning some games down the stretch. Seven and four currently. Your upcoming games at Texans, at Raiders, home for the Texans, at Steelers versus Jags. So I think uh, when you look at that schedule, it's pretty tough. Now, Sam, well, I want to bring your, bring your attention to this. The Colts just finished their – arguably their toughest uh, stretch of the, the season so far with the Ravens, Titans, Packers, Titans, all back-to-back. When we looked at this game back uh, after week number five or six, uh, after they played the Lions, we said, look, this is the most important stretch coming up for the Colts. I said, if you can go two and two, you're going to be happy with that. Now, your two losses weren't to teams that I thought you would lose to. I thought you would lose to the Packers and the, uh, you lost to the Ravens. I thought you would lose the Packers and Ravens to beat the Titans twice. But you come out two and two. So, overall, not bad for that stretch of the season. Yeah, I, I think it, I, th- I think for what we were expecting coming into the season or coming into the stretch, it was it's really surprising. We got the win against the, the Packers and the Titans. We lost the Ravens and the Titans, obviously. But I think it's really solid to come out of here two wins. I, I only expect us to maybe to scrape out with one. But, hey – this Colts team fought. They grinded out. If it if it wasn't for that second quarter, uh, second half comeback against the Packers, I think we would be a lot more worried about where this team stands in the AFC because they'd be out of the playoffs and whatnot. But yeah, I think to come out of this stretch with two wins out of four, I think is is really positive at this point. Yeah, it definitely is. Take care of business with the Texans and the Jaguars. You'd be set up uh, to make the playoffs. I think you know it's like we say. You know, every year, teams that are trying to make the playoffs just win, and everything else will take care of itself. Um, and that's honestly what the Colts need to do at this point in the season. You're you're in Houston this upcoming weekend. You've had Houston's number the past couple of years. Go get them again, and then fly out to the Raiders, who are going to be hungry for a win, Sam. This Raiders game is already scaring me. 
because the Raiders come back to the East Coast this week. They were in Atlanta against the Falcons, and I never like West Coast teams coming to the East Coast. It hardly ever works out for West Coast teams because you're playing a game at 10 in the morning your time. You come back to the East Coast with the Jets this week who haven't won a game. This this just this game is going to drive me crazy. I want to pick the Jets in this game. I think they'll somehow win because it's a team who hasn't won. They're you know they're going to win at some point because it's the Jets. They're going to mess this up. They're going to win, and I think the Jets win this game against the Raiders this weekend. And then the Raiders will be back at home, hungry for a win when guess who the Colts come to town. Uh, that's kind of that's the boldest take I think I've heard out of anyone that the Jets are going to win against the Raiders who. I believe you put as your sleeper team this year. So I, I don't know if they get the win against the uh, if they get a win against the Raiders, even as bad as they perform. Like they they had one of their worst games against the Falcons, no doubt. But I think they can at least sneak out a win at the Jets. You you go from at Atlanta to at Jets. I don't think it'll be that much issue for the Raiders. They still have Josh Jacobs. They still got Derek Carr, who had one bad game. You still got that role to lead. Decent defense. I think the Raiders can get it done against the Jets. Raiders are 2-2 two and two in games where they travel to the East Coast. They lost to the Patriots and the Falcons. They beat the Browns and the Panthers in week one. So it'll be interesting. It's a bold take, Sam. I think that the, the Jets might win this weekend. It scares me. If the Jets do win this weekend, watch out Indianapolis because the Raiders are going to come out guns and blazes. The Raiders are 6-5 of aren't bad. They're not going to make the playoffs, I don't think. Uh, but, again, the game against the Raiders for the Colts will be big for playoff implications. If you lose to the Raiders, you know, it could be potential tiebreaker situation. The Raiders get in, the Colts get left out. That's true, but are you, are, you, are you willing to have the Jets being the Raiders as one of your locks of the week? No. No. Oh, so you're not that, that confident. That will not be a lock. I haven't seen the uh, the spread on the game. Uh, currently set at the, the Raiders are an eight-point favorite. Uh, and the Raiders uh, this season, 7-4 against the spread. The Jets, 3-8 and eight against the spread. I'd be willing to take the Jets in the 7.5 uh, that they're getting against the Raiders. I don't know, though. I think the Jets will keep it close. I thought the Jets had a chance to win this weekend. I honestly did. I thought, the, uh, I thought that um, the Dolphins were going to stub their toe. They didn't. Um, but I don't know. This, this game on Sunday will be interesting. Yeah, I, I think it will. And I think, I think as you mentioned, the, the game against the Raider has big playoff implications. Not only that, because if we don't get the division um, – Play it if we don't get the division, um, AFC South uh, divisional. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not speaking English right now. What do you call it? AFC divisional crown? Yeah, the, winning the division. Yeah, yeah, winning the division. It's really going to be hard to sneak in. I was looking the 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 Colts divisional record since they did lose to the Jags is one and two right now. The Titans are sitting at three and one. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough since you did lose to the Titans to get that uh, number one spot back. And you lost to the Jacks. Yep. Yeah, so if the Titans don't lose another division game down the stretch, they win the division. We'll see. It's going to be fun to follow, Sam. And this is almost my – we're almost to my favorite time of year, Sam. Not Christmas time, one of my favorite times of year. But the time of year where we start looking at playoff scenarios. Mm -hmm. There we go. Colts win, Raiders lose, Chiefs lose – Titans and Bills tie. The Colts are in the playoffs. I love all these 
these playoff scenarios that are about this long, and you obviously can't see if you're listening to podcasts, but I'm holding up my hands about three feet apart. Yeah, I, I like it when the when these playoff scenarios are about three feet long and a laundry list of things that have to happen for a team to get in. It's just a, it's just a fun time of year for playoff scenarios. Well, not only playoff scenarios, but draft scenarios as well. You have teams also taking like the Jags, the Jets. If any of those teams, if the uh, Jets gets a win, the Jags potentially have the last spot. So not only are you playing for playoff spots, but you're also playing for the, the uh, what is it, number one seed. You've got if a NFC team gets the divisional, uh, gets – the divisional crown they're screwing themselves out of a good play a good draft spot so everything's up for grab this time of year and as you mentioned i i'm super excited for this uh the rest of the season certainly when you look at you mentioned the standings i wanted to get to those uh when you look at overall conference standings the steelers currently in first place of the afc at 10 and 0 Chiefs right behind them at 10 and 1 the nfc a little bit more spread out i mean uh the packers only one game back um, the the Saints on an eight game win streak. They're nine and two. The Packers eight and three. Seahawks seven and three. So it's really going to come down to the Packers and the Saints for who gets the number one seed in the playoffs. The Seahawks could go up and grab it, but um, they would need to win a lot of games in a hurry. The Rams are at seven and four. Uh, currently, would be in the playoffs. The NFC playoff picture is a little uh, bit less congested. It really kind of stops with the Cardinals at six and five. They're currently um, in, let me see here, one, two, three, four, five. They're in six. The Vikings actually at five in, or no, that's not, that's not true. I'm looking at the overall conference standing, not the divisional standing. So the Cardinals would be in the seventh wild card spot. Currently, you'd have the Giants in as the NFC East divisional winner. Um, and then behind the Cardinals in the wildcard playoff picture is the Vikings and the Bears and the 49ers, who won this weekend at the Rams, which shakes things up in the NFC West. Yeah, no doubt. And what, what's really interesting is how the Bears are still in it, despite their kind of sluggish start. You still got the Lions are in it. Really, uh, every team in the, what, in the NFC is relatively in it, starting from the Cowboys they can still get the divisional crown. The Carolina Panthers have a slim chance to make it, but yeah, every team in the NFC really has a chance to get a playoff spot with that um, NFC East divisional crown up for grabs. So it, every, everybody's in it. It's super exciting to watch. I think I think one team to mention is the Packers are are extremely are an extremely volatile team when they're in, when they're on it. They're super on it, as we saw yesterday. But when they when they don't have it, they lose to games like the Vikings. They have that game against, I believe, the Buccaneers where they lost by 28. They have games where they barely beat the Jaguars. So, yeah, it's, it's super interesting to watch. Every team in the NFC is fighting for a playoff spot right now. It'll be interesting. Tell me why, tell me why the Cowboys will win four of their next five and somehow win the NFC East at seven and nine. That's going to happen, right? They won't. They play nope. at Ravens, at Bengals, 49ers, Eagles, Giants. Nope. I think it will because it's the NFC. It'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. It definitely why, will be. Why, tell me why. The NFC East, you know it, Sam. It'll come down to Cowboys-Giants week 17. Right? I, I, I think it comes down to Washington. I think Washington has the best shot at anybody. They're coming off two straight wins. 
Yes, they do have the Steelers and the Seahawks, but you've got the Eagles, Panthers, and 49ers, which are winnable games. You've got an amazing back in Antonio Gibson. Their their defensive line is super stout. I think the the Washington football team is has the best shot to make the playoffs out of any team. I do like Washington. They got a great story. Obviously, Alex Smith and Ron Rivera, uh, who beat cancer earlier this year. Uh, but – I, I don't know. I, I still have questions about Washington. Um, they got a lot of playmakers, but it'll be interesting. I think that the win against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving really said a lot about them uh, in terms of, of playoff spot and, and where they're at. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think what we saw from them is what they have the potential to do. They've got a bunch of young studs on there. You've got Chase Young, obviously the number two picks, Antonio Gibson, as I mentioned before, Terry McLaurin, who looks unstoppable. As long as Alex Smith can keep on rolling, keep on at least managing, be a game manager like he is, throwing it to his backs, not really force anything, I think the, the, the Washington football team's in a great spot moving forward with Ron Rivera. Yeah, they are. They're honestly, you know, two or three pieces away. The NFC East is not hard to win. You can go and get a, a few draft picks this year. Um, I think they're going to be set up for the future for, uh, you know, the next five years with Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith's got five more years in him, uh, but he's been playing well at quarterback for sure. I don't know if he has four or five years left considering the fact that they don't really trust him. It seems like he does a lot of uh, just dump downs to his um, running backs, which is good for me as an Antonio Gibson fantasy owner. But I don't know if he's got four to five years left, but he's definitely got some years left in him. Tuesday Night Football, Sam. We won't talk Monday Night Football because this comes out on Monday. Most of our viewership doesn't happen until Tuesday. Steelers are going to blow out the Ravens. If the game happens, Steelers will blow out the Ravens. I, th- I don't think it'll be very close. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think we saw the the effects of that on the Colts. Like, if you have 20 or some COVID cases, not really anybody playing. We saw it with the Broncos. I think the Steelers, unless they have some sort of just like Cowboys moment, Cowboys game, that it, they they shouldn't have any issue with the Ravens. No, they won't. And they're and they're already mad at the Ravens because they couldn't play on Thanksgiving. So there's that. I think they come out. Come out and blow them, blow them out of the water for sure. Sam, you got anything else before we uh, head out on this lovely Monday uh, afternoon? Your locks this weekend. You went one and one, not bad. So did I. We're both at 13 and 11, so not too bad on the weekend. Uh, shout out to Ball State for giving me a heart attack this past weekend. But other than that, um, yeah, hopefully Ball State basketball can put up a fight against Michigan. We've got football's got a game against um, Central Michigan, big game on Saturday to determine whether they even have a chance to play for the MAC championship game. So, yeah, Ball State Athletics uh, out here giving people heart attacks out here. The football game, Sam, now I didn't see the end of the game. I saw – I was actually – I had to go to work on Saturday afternoon. So, I I watched a little bit. They got up – I think the last time I checked the scores was like 27-7 to or something. But then Toledo came all the way back. I didn't catch the ending. Was it, was it a dramatic ending? I saw the final score was 27-24, but I didn't know if the defense made a stop there at the end or what happened. So here, here's, what, here's what happened. So it went 27-9. They got a stop on fourth down. I believe it was a sack or whatnot. They um, got the ball back. I went to play football with my brother in the front yard. Come back, 
27-24. It was like third and one. They do an in, in reverse. Toledo stops them on their own goal line. Ball State manages to set them back to it. I think about the 40-yard line of Toledo's own 41, which is a solid punt. Um, first first play, they get like 10 yards because they were playing prevent defense. I think it was like second or third play. Anthony Ekpe comes around the edge, hits the ball. It's a fumble. The quarterback tries to act like it's an incompletion, but it was really a fumble. It was clear and obvious. We recover. We we somehow managed to get a win. Luckily, it was just, I think, poor, poor game management. But, yeah, somehow – we managed to get a win with under a minute left. The strip sack, we we prevail, and we're we're still we're still alive in the MAC West. Sounds about right for for Ball State. Almost blowing it, but got it done. Got it done, and and sounds about like Ball State uh, poor game management. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't doubt that aspect. Big game against Central this week. Uh, team looks to be pretty good though. We'll we'll see how it plays out. No doubt. All right, Sam. We'll talk to you on Thursday to record weekend prep. Back on the normal schedule this week. Sounds good. That's Sam Thelman. I'm Greg Kobe. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter. Straight Up Sports Talk on Twitter. All the latest episodes are there. Uh, follow us there. Follow us at Grant underscore Kobe at Sam underscore Thelman. That's going to do it for Monday Mayhem. We hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you on Friday.